What's going on, everybody? This is Don Martelli back with the PR Bronco Podcast. Uh, first session of 2021. Excited today to talk to Pam Johnston, who is with GBH, uh, news outlet in our area, which is doing incredible things. Looking forward to the conversation. I am here with a fellow member of the media, Pam Johnston. Hello, Pam. Hello, hello. Thanks for having uh, me. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us today. I'd uh, love to uh, get a little bit about your background, uh, your professional background, and what you're doing now. Sure. Um, I am in the news business. We were, you know, quiet time to be in the news business. <laughs> My bet. Yeah, yeah. Never know. So I've been, in, I've been, um, I've been in in news, mostly local broadcast news my entire career. I started out as a um, as a reporter, as a TV news reporter in, in the early days um, mm-hmm. up in Portland, Maine at WMTW. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I made my way um, into producing, show producing, and um, moved to North Carolina. Spent a few years at WRAL, great station in Raleigh, North Carolina, and then made my way back home. I'm from Boston, Boston, born and bred, and um, always really wanted to come back and work in the Boston TV news space and did that for several years at WLVI, which many of you may remember as the 10 o'clock news. That's right. 56, yeah, right? Channel right 56, next door to the globe. Yeah. Right next door to the globe and was there um, for almost 10 years. I was a, a producer there for the 10 o'clock news, then an executive producer. Then I was the assistant news director and um, ultimately, I was the news director at WLVI, and then um, they sold the station to Channel 7 in town. That's mm-hmm. what happened there. Mm-hmm. And I used that opportunity in 2006 to kind of start something new, reinvent myself. I was kind of burnt out with the news business. I saw the news business changing. That's mm. my television station was sold right from under, underneath us. And I started... Um, I landed in in social media as it was kind of just coming up. I was working in a in a startup in Boston called Gather.com. Mm-hmm. And um, Gather liked to say that it was Facebook for grown-ups before Facebook was Facebook <laughs> for grown-ups. Because remember that Facebook oh, yeah. didn't allow grown-ups at yep, the beginning? Yep. We're dating ourselves here, by the yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that when I went to this gather.com, that that was a really great idea that grown-ups might like Facebook. Um, we all know how that played out. So Facebook became, you know, the place for grownups and eventually, um, the business model changed, the funding changed and I ended up, it ended up, Gather ended up reinventing itself Mm -hmm. and I ended up, um, kind of trying out something new. I had learned so much at Gather though, because really it was coming up in the world as social media was just exploding. So after two and a half years at this social media startup, I exited that job as a um, an expert in the social space. And uh, because I had, great, as you just heard, because I had spent the early part of my career in um, TV news, and then I was in, and then I was in, digital and social. I was like trying to figure out what my next move would be. And when you leave, when you're an executive in TV news in Boston back in the day, in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, and you wanted a hot new job, everybody said, go to the hospital space. Healthcare is what Boston's all about. Those are the best jobs. 
great stories in healthcare and a lot of Boston TV news, news directors and executives are in various Boston hospitals running communications departments. So I ended up at um, Leahy Health and I uh, actually, they, they created a cool job for me. I was the senior director of um, new media because at that time, 2008, 2009, Leahy didn't have a Facebook page. They didn't have a Twitter account. They didn't have YouTube. They didn't have any social media strategy. And they were freaking out about that. Wow. Not only about having it, but about not having it and people using it and privacy. Sure. So I, um, I, I did that for a couple of years and it was, um, it was great stories in really interesting space. Healthcare is, is kind of, um, the best of us and also the most kind of like emotionally charged as we know now, right? Um, and while there, I randomly one day got a job. Um, I, I call from a recruiter who said, um, hey, um, Frontline is looking for this cool new job. They're trying to do some new thing and build audience and figure out who they mm. are in the future and you want to apply for it. So if you're a Boston or a local news person growing up in Boston and somebody calls and says they're from Frontline at PBS, <laughs> I think I was like, um, you take the call. Do you know who, what I, I think you have the wrong person. I totally took the call and I went running over to Frontline. I couldn't even believe it. Um, and had a series of interviews there. And the idea at that point, it was 2012 that Frontline was really deciding like, how are we going to exist in the future if television goes the way of newspapers? we are a television mm -hmm. show on mm -hmm. PBS and we're relying upon like television viewers. And yet we've got the, some of the best journalism and the best documentaries made in the world. Like, how are we going mm -hmm. to kind of like get that content to other people? Do you want to help us figure it out? Mm. Like, yes, please. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do that, but yes, I want to figure it out. So I worked very closely um, with the executive producer of frontline rainy aronson mm. to kind of like crack that nut over the course of the last several years that's what i did i worked at wow. frontline I, I led their audience and strategy um and figured out figured out how to kind of take these documentaries and reach young audiences new audiences diverse audience please mm. people who hadn't had any idea what frontline was and connect mm. them with this great journalism that's great all across digital spaces really really fun and inventive work and for those who don't know frontline is housed inside gbh mm -hmm. in boston gbh produces like six great national pbs programs frontline nova american experience mm -hmm. masterpiece mm -hmm antique roadshow and mm -hmm. children's content. Um, and GBH is also our, our local public media powerhouse mm -hmm. and has their own local news division. And while it, you know, last year I heard that, for, uh, that GBH was looking for a new general manager of news because the current general manager of news was retiring. Mm -hmm. And um, those were all my stars aligning. <laughs> So it's local, it's Boston, it's public media, it's great content, it's news. And as much as I was like loving life in Frontline because Frontline, um, I had to go check it out and mm. give it a try. Because sure. again, like working at GBH and seeing what the local news team was doing, a big, big radio station, big television station, smallish kind of digital imprint, sure. but disconnected completely disconnected. I was like, oh, that could be one big thing. Mm. 
And I had learned all this stuff um, over the course of my time at Frontline about connecting great content with audiences mm. and then my love for local. So I was like, I got to go give that a try. And so here you are. <sighs> so here I am. Sounds like a big job. What, what, what's what's, big what's, job. what's the, your daily madness look like? What, what, is, what does that fight look like every day? Well, so I mean, like, like I said, like the reason I came and the, re- the thing that I'm excited about is like taking all that we have at GBH on the local side, the mm-hmm. TV, the radio, the digital, and creating one newsroom that is just mm-hmm. like cohesive and integrated and a powerhouse, which it really can be once we start to see each other across our newsroom. Sure. So that's what I'm trying that's what I spend my days thinking about, what I spend my days talking about, and what we're trying to prove in the work that we're doing, that we are, we are, we have the potential to really be something special mm-hmm. and different and in service to our community mm-hmm. and our audience, very audience focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm, that's what we're working on. And that's what we're kind of like dreaming about. That's great. So it seems like, um, no, your passion for news, one, I applaud it because I have the same passion. So once you get a, 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 a taste of it, you never, it never really leaves you, right? Right. Um, I mean, it's, it's, storytelling is sort of at the core of what we do, whether, you know, working for the Belfort Group and the agency and what you do is storytelling. You know, obviously a lot of things have been this, have, are the same, yet they change. Talk about that, that contrast in terms of you're a news person. It's still about telling stories. And I know you worked on the client side too, but you still told stories there. How has storytelling changed at all? You know, back in our early days as cub reporters and producers to today, how has it changed or how, how was it the same? So I think a good story, and this is what I talk, to, talk about to my team all the time. I think that a good story is a good story. And I think that the best stories are stories that audiences will find, but it is up to, what, what has changed is the fragmentation of the landscape, of the media landscape and finding that audience. So when I first started at WLVI, people sat down and watched the news at news time. So at 10 o'clock or at six o'clock or, you know, name your favorite time, four o'clock. And that doesn't happen anymore. So now we need to make sure that our news finds our audience when they want it and how they want it. So we are really about kind of being of service to the audience and available to you when you're looking for us versus like, the other way around on demand. And that takes a lot of strategy and thoughtfulness to to kind of be really, to to like rise above all the noise and not necessarily tell the same exact stories that our competitors in town are telling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So, but storytelling at the heart of it um, doesn't, I don't think that ever changes. Like great storytellers Mm -hmm. are great storytellers. It's how you reach your audience. Love that, good point. Well, this past year, there were a lot of stories. Talk about just the the influx of the bouncing media ball and how you and the team of hundreds of people were able to just you know stay in front of it. And because of the vast variety of shows and, and, and opportunities you had to create content and, and push it out there, how have you covered you know big stories like what happened in Washington D.C., the election, COVID? What's what's that like? Yeah, it, it wow. This it, there are no more slow news days. <laughs> Remember, I don't know, like there used to be slow yeah. news days. Dead, deadlines you know, used to be for print journalism, like right. five o'clock, 10 o'clock and midnight. Now it's like every single second. Yeah. Um, and, and on one hand, admittedly, that can be exhausting. 
and taxing. On the other hand, it's also kind of exhilarating and it proves our value in the world, the, the important, the, the important, um, the, the important piece of the puzzle that journalists and journalism plays in our society um, probably has never mattered more than it matters now when the actual truth is kind of like point. under investigation. So I think that everybody who's doing it, those of us who are in it and who love it feel, although exhausted, um, feel a deep driving sense of like, this is the most important thing I can do. This is my contribution to the world right now by sure. kind of holding truth to power and holding those in power to account and telling the stories of those, you know, the voiceless and holding a light up to the dark corners. I think that it's those things, like honestly, still all these years later, as I talk about that, that still gives me the chills. It's like that for me is, you know, part career, part passion, part religion. Like yeah. I, I feel purpose. like it totally, these, these mm. purpose for sure. And, 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 you know, watching what had happened while sitting here in the basement, virtually like dealing with the team uh, on January 6th and seeing what was happening in our country and in our capital and, and then having, not having to, but wanting to figure out what it means and what it means at home and how are our law lawmakers doing and what does this mean to our community is really kind of important stuff. So although it is, there's, you know, no slow, no slow news days, that's, that's actually what drives us mm. more and more. I think that people in the newsroom are super engaged and feel so fortunate to be in this business. Sure. We could talk some other time about what's happened yeah. to the journalism <laughs> business, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. um, that too makes it feel even more crucial and necessary and important because um, trusted, valuable local mm. news is, is, you know, and I, I, I would, I would argue to most like an essential part of anybody's kind of like media diet. Agreed. I hope it is anyhow. Agreed. Agreed. Preaching to the choir here. Um, one last question before we wrap up here. Um, I'd love to discuss and have you just plug what's next. I mean, I, I, you know, GBH is, is, is quite, and this is not just me, you know, pumping the tires here, but as a PR professional, when you think about who you want to hit and get your clients visibility, GBH is always in the consideration set just because the, 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 the broadness of shows and personalities and platforms and the work that you all have done over the years. But as you said, the media business still at its core is storytelling and it's now delivering it differently through multiple channels all the time. No slow news days. Every deadline is passing every second. Right. But you still have a platform to sell and need to monetize that. Right. What, what's, what's next for GBH in terms of you know, this next wave? And obviously, if you have the crystal ball, great. I'm sure you don't. But just generally talk through, you know, what's next for you and your team and where do you where do you hope to turn some challenges into opportunities? Yeah, I would say that um, what's next. It's going to sound a little it's going to sound funny and a little old fashioned, but um we in our newsroom, we're going to go kind of back to basics. We're going to go back to basics instead of doing the mm. stories that we think are <laughs> and that we believe, you know, this is the top story and this is the talker and this is the most important story. We are going to think very carefully and strategically and communicate and communicate a lot with our audience. We're going to meet our audience. We're going to engage with our audience. We're going to put our audience at the center of our decisions. Mm. 
because um, that's why we are here in public media, especially. I love, I come from commercial. I told you I was at LVI. I spent a lot of oh, years yeah. in commercial TV and that, um, that has allowed me to really kind of like love public media at a whole different new level because our bottom line is people. Our bottom line is people. It is viewers, it is supporters, it is members, it is our community. And so that it's up to us to put them first mm. and center. And so when we make our decisions, and this is what's happening next and now actually for us, as we make our decisions and as we think about the stories we're telling them, how we're going to tell them and how we're gonna reach you, our audience, we have to think about the audience as part of that equation versus mm. just what do we think you should know? Well, what mm. do you want to know? And who that's is the great. story for? And how are we going to make that connection? That's what that's what we're going to be thinking about next. That's or, great. Yeah. That's refreshing to hear, first and foremost, and a, and a huge, huge challenge. I can't wait to see how it all plays out and how we roll it out. As, and, and as a former journalist, you know, my, my, my last question is always anything else to add, which is a great chance for you to plug whatever you want to plug. But um, before we wrap here, I just want to give you, a, give you the floor one more time. Anything else you want to talk about GBH? Where can people find you, find what's happening in, in the GBH world? Where, 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 where can we direct people? Yeah. So for those who don't know, like GBH, um, GBH is obviously a, if those in Boston, everybody know Channel 2. GBH. So, you know, you got us on mm -hmm. GBH too, and that you have, we've got, we do a nightly, a wonderful nightly thoughtful um, public affairs news program hosted by Jim Prout Browdy called Greater Boston, seven o'clock, check it out. We also have a great show called Basic Black, which mm. is really about the black community and the black experience. It's been around for 50 years and it is iconic wow. and essential viewing. Mm. And we have another terrific show called um, Open Studio, hosted by Jared Bowen, talking about arts and culture in our Boston community. So we have TV. And if you don't know, 89.7 GBH Radio is um, Boston's local NPR. And you will hear local news coverage with depth, nuance, and context, unlike anything else going on in the Boston area. So we hope you listen to that. And of course, our web presence, come visit us, gbhnews.org. And if you're not following us on social, <laughs> we're there too. Full circle, um, full circle. You, got, you, you can find us anywhere, whatever, back to the audience, right? Wherever yeah, you yeah. want to hear and find and consume news, we got that for you. And it's all right. on demand as well. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you joining me today. Great conversation. I, I love to talk about the newsroom. That's where I cut my teeth, where you cut your teeth. So it's good that uh, us news hounds are still at it. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thanks for taking the time. This has been fun. Thanks for joining me on the PR Bunker podcast. It was great to talk to Pam Johnson today about the media and traditional media like television and public access media. They're doing great things over at GBH. I encourage you all to check out what they're doing over there. In the meantime, if you want to get other episodes of the PR Bunker podcast, please visit prbunker.com or hit me up on the socials at Big Guy D across Instagram, LinkedIn, and the likes. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, later.